0: When you're doing hard things like fostering, developing a healthy mindset is everything. Part two of developing a fostering mindset is coming up next.
1: Welcome back to the Fostering Marriage Podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you keep your marriage the priority and making fostering fit into it.
0: So today we are picking up where we left off last month on developing a mindset that's going to suit you, that's going to serve you best in your marriage, and especially when you're fostering, and especially when you have a fostering marriage. So understanding how we think is vital because our behaviors, decisions, reactions, emotions, they all come from how we think. Our thinking is imperative. So that's why we wanted to get into the topic of well, you know what? Let's talk about mindset. Let's help couples get some a little bit of helpful information, um, a little bit of uh, of, of knowledge, or a little bit of our experience of the type of mindset and some keys to mindset that have served us so well, and and also have served many other married couples well as well. How many times can I say well? Well, a lot. how many? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, so we covered a few different mindsets in our last episode. So we're got we've got a couple more that we're gonna talk about today. So let's just go ahead and get into that yeah, with our first it. one, um, which is kindness
0: or jocund.
1: I'm not. I was not gonna say.
0: I'm that. saying it. So <laughs> I'm working on this new word. we were looking up. I don't know where we're looking in the in the dictionary recently because we're just big nerds. And we saw jocund. I'm like, that's a word no one ever used. J-O-C-U-N-D, jocand. So people ask me all the time now, hey, how you doing? You know how we do that in life? We ask you, How you doing? How you today been? And I'll just say, I'll say jocund. And people will just look at you with a blank stare, or they'll say, jocund. What does that mean? And I'll say, it means cheerful or lighthearted.
1: Which isn't exactly kindness, but hey, if you needed to work that in, you go you I feel go.
0: It's, it's yeah. It's, I think <laughs> when you're cheerf- cheerful, or lighthearted, aren't you more likely to be kind?
1: Well, that's true. We are. It's, but it's a contributor. We're wasting
0: people's time. No. Yes,
1: we are. So let's let's go on to the actual definition of kindness, which is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. What holds us back, Joel? What are some of those things?
0: Nothing. Nothing holds <laughs> me back. No, it's, it's the stuff that holds holds us back from kindness. One is defensiveness when we are feeling attacked we're feeling like someone's making assumptions about us we're feeling accused that we get all defensive and we feel like we have to protect ourselves so now we communicate in very defensive ways or lashing out kind of ways or accusatory or attacking ways in our own of our own and that is anything but kindness
1: yeah, we talked in our last episode a lot about surrendering and control. And man, feeling out of control, feeling angry, feeling impatient, all of those things can keep you from being kind.
0: Yeah, totally. So it's just easy. Just stop being those things and be kind.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Here we but go. But no, we're,
0: but we're trying to cultivate this mindset of kindness or jock if as I like to say. So we're trying to develop this mindset of kindness. It's like, how do I choose kindness? How do I choose patience? How do I choose whatever this virtue is over what I am doing because of things that trigger me and cause me to struggle? So this is a really serious issue. You may want to be a kind person and bear that kind of fruit to your spouse or to your children, but then... You don't have great awareness on what triggers you and what causes you to not be kind. Because in that moment, looking back, it's like, yeah, I wanted to be kind. But instead, I was accusatory. And I just, I can't help it. I always go to defensiveness and I always feel like I have to protect myself and I don't know what to do there. And that's where we get the awareness of realizing piece by piece, you know, when information comes my way. You know, what do I receive? What assumptions do I make? Um, and then I set my own reality and I'm like, oh, I know what that meant or I know what you said. And now I respond and communicate from a place of, of feeling attacked or feeling accused. Well, now I'm going to protect myself because you're coming at me in this way or you're saying or suggesting things that go against what I th- believe about myself is that my held identity is a is that no but i'm a good person yeah. and everything that you're suggesting and saying right now is going against that well now i must protect and defend myself because and have this desire that of, i wish that you saw me the way that i was and i wish you understood my intent better or
1: well and that's that's going a lot along with victim mentality as well of it. yeah i mean selfishness selfishness is another thing that's going to keep us from being kind I just want what I want and you are getting in my way. And so that's going to gonna hold us back. You know, you talked about being attacked, but sometimes we can anticipate being attacked rather than actually being attacked because maybe we have a history with this person and that's what they tend to do. Yeah,
0: and, we're, so, and when we're saying attacking, we're meaning like verbally. Yeah. We're not yeah. meaning like someone swinging a club at you, you know?
1: <laughs> that would be a different... A different thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, if somebody's gonna verbally attack you, maybe maybe they have maybe they have multiple times or one time and you are just ready to self-protect. And so you put up that wall or you are unkind. Kind of a preemptive strike, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Is you just you assume that's gonna happen because you have that expectation and we as people operate with patterns. And we know that, oh, here it comes because you recognize the pattern in the communication and you start to anticipate that maybe it's not going to come. And then all of a sudden, boom, you go from being kind and civil and patient to now protecting yourself or attacking somebody back.
1: Yeah. And and the thing is, that's guaranteed to make things
0: go so much better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, also another thing is sometimes we can feel justified to respond unkindly because of our child's behavior or our spouse's behavior or the child's biological parent's behavior. And, you know, we're like, well, you acted this way and I'm just, I'm done, you know, and we can feel justified in that, but it still, it doesn't make it right.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes we can justify things to ourselves when we're feeling guilty over it and we will rationalize the heck out of our own behavior, our own response and it's always and speaking of joking about the word well, it always is a well, da da da. da, da. Well, that. Well, that. And we build this list of evidence that justifies our behavior because we're actually trying to deal with guilt or we're trying to deal with shame or we're trying to deal with not being happy with ourselves, or sometimes even worse, we're trying to justify it because we care so much about the opinion and the viewpoint of our spouse or our kids or our friends. We care about their opinion and then maybe their judgment. And so we then have to justify what we're doing and then we have to explain it. Because really what we're worried about is, are they, are you looking at me and judging me because of what I did there and how I reacted and how I responded or how I'm viewing that particular situation. And here comes all this self-protective communication and words out of your mouth, because you're trying to salvage your sense of worth you're trying to salvage your sense of, but I'm a good person. And do you see me that is that, and let me help you see me that I'm a good person and I made the right decision and I'm not a big failure here. Damn. And it's all caught up in just fear of man.
1: So some of these situations that can come up where it's hard maybe to be kind is somebody lashing out at you, whether that is your foster child or your spouse or the biological parent of your foster child, or, you know, DCS is maybe saying, Hey, you have to do this. And you're just like,
0: Oh, (laughs) oh, heck no. (laughs)
1: No, I don't have to do that. And you you want the boss of me, you know, and, and we can get to these places of, of frustration or, you know, out of control feeling. And so I think that one of the things that's worked and helped me a lot in those moments of feeling, let me say, not jocund, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not cheerful, not lighthearted, <laughs>
1: One of those things that's helped me is to recognize when I'm feeling that way. And maybe I can't put a finger on, am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I out of control? Am I impatient? But whatever it is, you can count on it being a negative emotion. And whenever I have that negative emotion, it helps me to say, okay, what am I feeling? Okay, let me process on that. Why am I feeling that way? And this isn't, for me especially, I think I've gotten a lot better at it, but early on in practicing this, I would have to walk away from situations where I wouldn't necessarily want to respond in kindness. And I have to process, why am I feeling this way? What, what is wrong? What is bothering me? And kind of just get to the root of that. And then if I'm like, okay, this is what's bothering me, now I have a problem that I can solve, but I can do it with kindness and I can do it gently instead of just being angry or impatient or snippy or whatever.
0: Yeah. And guys, as we all know, this is very hard in life period as you're put in pressure situations, stress situations. This can be so difficult to channel that getting to a place of kindness. So going to the context of this show, the mission of this show of having a fostering marriage, you're dealing with stressors and challenges that are beyond the norm of people's lives, period. So the pressures and the challenges that it can bring into your marriage are severe at times. And we're trying to talk about being kind. You have to fight for this. You're gonna struggle. You have to prioritize it about how are we treating each other and how are we experiencing each other because you're the leaders of the family. Yeah. If where as you go, everyone goes. Is the consistent behavior you're gonna have is going to influence and impact everybody in your home, including your new foster child or children, or those you adopt. You're the leaders and you set the tone. It's the power of the parent. So the burden is on us, unfortunately. Yeah. The burden is on us to bear the fruit that we expect our kids to bear. You can't build up kindness and the fruit we want our kids to have or the fruit that we expect from our spouse when you're yelling at them. Or you're out of control, or you're constantly defensive, or you belittle, or you're passive aggressive, or you manipulate, or you are super guarded, or you go to ultra submissiveness. That's not what's going, that's, that's going to be, we struggle with that stuff when we're struggling personally. Hence why we need to do the good work to grow and heal and find restoration over things that hold us back. Yeah. Because as we go, again, the children go and the marriage goes collectively.
1: So one thing I was thinking, you know, as you're sharing that is, let's say I'm in this place of struggle and I'm thinking back to early days after my next level life when we might get into this this place where, where maybe we're struggling with each other, you know, and so you think, okay, I can go and reflect on some things and maybe we can have a better conversation. But another tool that I used was I have a best friend who's amazing because she's not the best friend that I'm going to call. And she's going to be like, oh yeah, you're right. He was just a jerk and he was blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're right. She now, if he was a jerk, he, she's willing to say so. But <laughs> also she's willing to call me out and say, you know, I think you're missing some perspective here. I think you're missing um, whatever, whatever point, you know, and she is willing to call me out on some stuff in my life that I maybe need to change or be aware of. And so find yourself a friend like that if you don't have one. you know, because you can you can go and get counseling too. I mean that's that's a great, you know, we've talked about that multiple times and get help. It's not a bad thing to get help. But if you're struggling with kindness, And you're in this place of just, I can't even talk to my spouse about this because he or she is just bothering me. Talk to your friend who will hold you accountable and not just sit there in your misery with you, but who will help pull you out of it. If you don't have that person, or if it's pretty extensive, you know, go get some counseling, get some help. Those are great things to do.
0: So other things, other situations that you may find yourself in that really challenges kindness are things like, you know, a kid or your foster kid lashing out. Instead of going with your initial desired response, going to a place of kindness because you've been taking the time to practice thinking through your emotions and the way that you're feeling in a response, knowing, shoot, I can feel my anger coming on and how I want to respond. And not justifying it, but recognizing that's a wrong response in me. Let me take a breath. Let me slow down. Let me get away from the situation and then handle it. The same practice can be true in your marriage. This is all. This stuff comes back to is self-management. You're trying to manage poor thinking, feelings, and responses to kindness. Yeah. So we, there's a lot of teaching out there that says, you know what? Feel whatever you feel. And that's perfectly fine. Um, that is not perfectly fine. And I couldn't, as someone who does this professionally, I completely disagree with teachers and counselors who teach things like that. Feel whatever you feel and you just got to live in it and feel it. And that's a healthy thing. That's a healthy thing when you move beyond that and move toward now, where do you need to go with those negative emotions and that negative thinking? You need to go to now other people are involved in your life. How do you need to process through your negative feelings? But I just feel anger. And you have people in the world that will, be, that will tell you, it's like, you know what, that's all right, and you're undoing something hard, and it's very difficult, and you're entitled to that. Great. Now you're being influenced, not by friends like what you have. <laughs> you're being influenced by people that want you to be a victim yeah. and that, that want to feed into an entitlement mindset. You can't change anything you won't take responsibility for. If you can take responsibility for your own negative emotions and poor thinking and call it what it is, that's the beginning of changing yourself. It's like the cliche. You know what? An alcoholic has first got to admit that they're an alcoholic. You know what? Well, an anger person has to admit they're an anger person if they're ever not going to be an anger person anymore. You have to be able to see like this isn't a right response but it's something that i can actually get help with and work to to actually be able to be more kind to the people that are in in my life
1: yeah it's interesting thinking about um you know with every foster situation we've had we've had direct communication with the biological parents and there are moments in that that are very difficult and
0: to say the least,
1: <laughs> but there have been times where um, initially I was the one that was in direct contact, but it did get to a point that I was like, Joel, I, I can't handle this with grace. I, I don't have that capacity right now because this is what's being said. These false accusations are being made and I'm angry about it. And I cannot treat this person with kindness because they're a jerk. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting in this is this place of negativity. And so in those situations, it was like, okay, how are we going to deal with this? Well, one of the ways that we dealt with that is Joel started taking over the communication. But also, I had to recognize my wrong response Because those things that were being said, it wasn't even about me. It wasn't about us. It was just that person's struggle. And so I needed to recognize those truths so that I could move forward. But in the moment, I just had to step away and let him handle all that.
0: And then I had to walk through the same kind of a thing, the same kind of thinking. Um, I mean, the, the the constant attacks... I critic, criticize I mean I've never been more attacked and criticized by anyone in my life other than this person. And every other week, I'd find myself in a conversation and it, it gets old. It really gets old and you there's a lot of self-management and there's a lot of you have to keep, you have to focus on, you can't take this personally. This is all about this other person trying to be controlling and trying to control you and trying to control situations, don't receive it. He's choosing to be this way. I don't have to take this personally. And we have to walk through these processes of being able to recognize what's happening. And this is all self-management of your thinking and all self-management of your responses. Because ultimately, where all that led was that you know? It was that I was the one who was laying out this person's options for them in terms of parental rights. There was no go between because we processed through it and prayed through it, and we landed on a we think that we should do it. Yeah, that we should do this hard thing to lay this situation out. You talk about a high conflict situation and high stress. It was everything. That's all that was but we prayed through it and I felt like it's like that's the right thing to do because this is the biological father. Yeah. And it was like I we felt like it was the right thing in God's eyes for us to actually do and to, to choose kindness. It would have been so easy to look at the record of communication and be like, "Nope, forget it." Yeah. Every, we're going to outsource this and somebody else is going to handle it. But it was sometimes we just choose to do hard things mm-hmm. because it's we don't we don't really want to we love to avoid it and sometimes it's perfectly good and right to not do that hard thing but sometimes it's the it's a good thing to do something that is it's incredibly difficult I don't regret that either yeah doing that well, doing that just you know very high think, conflict situation. I think
1: about you know what we just shared. I had to choose to step out of it because I did not have the capacity to handle it well in that moment yeah and and then you were able to continue to engage so I, I think people need to consider what is my current capacity do I want to grow that capacity absolutely but what is your honest current capacity to handle something and then deal with it based on that information Yeah,
0: that's it's such a great question it's such a great assessment question to ask you know, it's like when you let's unpack capacity a little bit for people, like how would you describe that when you say your capacity to deal with something like what do you mean?
1: Well, so in this particular situation, for me to engage there, I was getting so emotional and then it was affecting how I acted with the rest of the family or the rest of the day or even beyond that. And I was getting so, um, I'm not sure the word, but just pulled into a drama situation, I guess. And I couldn't extract myself and I couldn't separate. This is just a person being toxic. It has nothing to do with me. And I think I've grown in that capacity over time, but in that moment and in those situations, I had to step out of the situation and allow Joel to handle it because I I couldn't do it and be a healthy person at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. I mean, we have to remember that we can't control someone else's actions. Right. But you can control your own. Yeah. And you can learn to control yours even better. Yeah. So that comes to mindset key number 5, which is selflessness. So this is similar to surrender that we talked about in the last episode, but our definition of selflessness is the concern more with the needs and wishes of others than with your own. So I'll say that again, concern more with the needs and wishes of others than with one's own needs and wishes. That is a practice and a mindset of selflessness. So what's this, what's stuff that holds us back from doing this?
1: Selfishness.
0: It sounds like (laughs) selflessness.
1: I love that what holds us back is like the opposite of it every time. But, you know, we want to be self-protective. We want what we want. And all of it is focused on ourselves. And it's hard to focus on other people. I mean, I think we are all naturally inclined to want to take care of ourselves and to focus on ourselves.
0: Yeah. And based on personality style that that ranges, you know, there are the higher S, you know, the super service, take care of other oriented personality styles, but even a high S personality style can still deal with, with selfishness and not wanting to be selfless Um, or can, you know, they're not perfect in that. And so it ranges, but, Our selfishness holds us back from so many things. Um, It causes a lot of problems, and it holds us back in so many ways. Like When I counsel marriages, um, we always discover a marriage in distress or a really good marriage that could be greater has a good amount or great amounts of selfishness, but the people don't see it. They don't recognize it. They don't hear it in their communication. They don't recognize it in the, in the tactical everyday life of how they're making decisions. But we illuminate it, and then we're able to see, oh, man, I'm being selfish in that way. But sometimes the selfishness is self-protection. So we do things to protect ourselves. We guard. We go submissive. We shut down. We lash out. We attack. Um, those are all forms of self-protection. Well, those are self-protection equals self-focus, which equals selfishness. Selfishness isn't just the, you know, everyone serve me and take care of me and I am the king and I am the queen. That's not just what selfishness looks like. Selfishness also looks like self-protection Yeah, because it is a boom. This thing is coming my way. I must protect myself in this situation. But we don't commonly look at unless we're taught, oh, that's another form of me being selfish. That's actually the harder form of selfishness to really deal with and get over. But that's another thing that keeps us from selflessness. But I think going back to the definition, like when you think about our definition of it's needs and wishes. How hard can it be that you've got these wishes in your life? that we're moving a direction and all of a sudden it's, we're moving a different direction and I have to give up a wish that I've had for 12 years and now I've got to abandon it. How difficult can that be? And that's what really shows us at times like how hard it can be. I mean, how hard it can be to have this mindset of selflessness. But what would you say like speak into like the selflessness within a marriage about what that looks like um, things that come to your mind.
1: It's funny. Cause I was actually just thinking about that because you know, it's focusing on others needs and wishes. And as a mom and for me as a stay at home mom, so much of my focus is the needs and wishes of the children. And so it's easy to make that priority number one, because you spend so much of your day and your time. At, for me, that's where I spend so much of my day and my time. And so then, you know, you come home, you have needs and wishes, you know, and, and I think we talked about this pretty recently, but it's this idea of balancing out, we talked about this with generosity, I believe, is this idea of balancing out How can I be generous with the children and with my time and my effort and my love and all of the things? How can I be generous with my children, but not neglect my husband? How can I be generous with my husband and not neglect my children? And so it's just finding that balance of what works in your family. What does your husband or your wife need from you? What do they want from you? And so a lot of that is communicating uh, what are your needs? What are your wants? And then saying, okay, and here are my needs and my wants. How do we make all that happen? Or if we don't, how do we decide what makes the cut? I guess is how I would say that. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then what do you say to someone, a spouse that's saying, you know what? I'm always sacrificing myself for the needs and wishes of my spouse and it's never in return
1: (laughs) wow that's hard should we just create a
0: that's a whole other episode i feel
1: like that's a whole other episode but a quick response on that i feel like first of all is that even a true statement you know let's let's dig into that because i think sometimes some very selfish people can say all i do is give 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 and it's never about me and that's not, yeah, it may not necessarily be true. true. Let's when say it, it is true. If it is true, oh, that's a tough thing to hear. It's a really hard thing to hear. But hear it, you know? And maybe you need to grieve and, and feel bad that, you know, whatever, and go through that emotional process. But what changes do you need to make as a as a couple to yeah. help that person?
0: Yes, that's one. It's like, has you, have you communicated and expressed that hurt to your spouse, that you give, 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 and the other doesn't in return very much at all? Have you even shared it? Have you even talked about it? If you haven't, I hate to break the news to you, but that is on you. Yeah. Yeah. But Joel, my spouse just will feel so criticized and attacked and accused. It's say okay, Can you find ways to communicate better than how you communicate today? Yeah. Can you practice different ways to bring up the topic? Can you find new moments? Don't just give up. Seek out. How do other people bring up hard things? So I was researching this thing one time and, you know, how we recover in conflict in marriage is immensely important and it's a key skill of successful marriages is that there is that intro information and all of a sudden it starts to build, 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 build. Healthy couples with great communication actually recognize that and do something about it. They don't let it go to 30 seconds and then become explosive and become accusing and attacking. They recognize the build of pressure stress it's about the emotions coming in and they do something about it that's a learned skill yeah so we have to research the information yeah so look it up there's all kinds of information and wonderful stuff online about that about different techniques of how do you do that but couples get on the same page of practicing these same communication techniques because they don't want to end up saying something they're going to regret they don't want to end up in a big fight. Yeah. But it's getting them. We have to get both people on the same page, and that's a that's a journey. That's a chore. It's both people wanting to, choosing to do the work that's necessary.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good. So another thing on what it looks like in practice is just practicing sacrificing and doing what's hard for the benefit of others. And I feel like as we're talking about this, it sounds almost Oh, goodness, I don't even know the word. But like you're completely doing things and sacrificing, maybe to the point of neglecting yourself or having yourself in a bad place. Does that make sense? Or
0: maybe like treating yourself like you don't have value. Right. Or letting yourself just go. Or I think neglect was a good word that you used. And that's That's not not, what we're talking about. That's not what we're
1: talking about. I mean,. You want to make sure that you're in a healthy space as well, because when you're in a healthy space, that is when it's not easy, but easier to sacrifice and do what's good and benefit others, other people.
0: Yeah, I think there there are personality styles, like high S personality styles on the DISC profile. Again, a good compliment. Anytime we bring up DISC, is go back and listen to the two-part series on understanding personality styles. So high-S personality styles can be very good at this, at being very sacrificial people. The other personality styles tend to not be very good at this. So where I'm going with this is you probably have room (laughs) to practice what we're talking about right now. Most of us are probably operating in enough self-focus and enough selfishness at times that we probably have room to actually practice giving up something that we hold dear or that's so important to us, or whatever that may be. If we really search ourselves in where we put our time and priorities and money and energy and our own needs and wishes, many of us probably have an abundance yeah. Of self focus that we could start practicing. You know what? I could give this thing up right here. This reminds me of in my mind right now is the uh, the song about um, being generous and being a giver of uh, of the raccoons that are singing the song. Oh my goodness! Of the proverb about how God loves a, how the cheerful giver, and it's like that's what I'm hearing. It's like we have to practice. It's like you know what? Here's some bread. <laughs> here i'm gonna practice but, but this I is a skill that yeah. some of us we don't have we have to cultivate
1: And i know I was just gonna say i think that's such a good thing because so many people can be all or nothing people and that's not what we're saying here take a step towards being more sacrificial and when yeah. you're there take another step towards being more sacrificial and just it's a practice totally. it's a lifelong practice yeah and
0: sometimes you it's it's the power is in what you prove to yourself because you may not do something from a place of fear and then you do it and you realize wow that didn't go as i thought it was going to that was so much easier i made that out to be so much bigger or you don't anticipate the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment of doing that thing yeah you didn't anticipate it because you were holding on to having to give up this thing or this time or this effort and you didn't anticipate the response of your spouse being one of like oh my gosh i love you thank you so much for doing that yeah that wasn't it goes unexpected and so we practice these things and we also at times we learn what i assumed was going to happen didn't happen and that's the real thing that's keeping you from actually being more selfless it's not even about being selfless it's about overcoming fear
1: so the last thing that we wanted to talk about on this particular key is being willing to put yourself in harm's way. When you bring a child into your home to foster them, you are opening yourself up to being hurt. And that is selfless.
0: Yeah. So this this is such a hard thing, what you're talking about here, because you recognize it's it's harmful. It could be, it could be, you're, you're, you're scared of it. Um, and sometimes that's the thing that can hold us back from being more selfless people. We want to control that outcome. We want to know what's going to happen. If I can see what's going to happen, I'm more likely to do it. At least we convince ourselves of stuff like that. But when we expect or assume something is going to be hurtful, something is going to be disruptive to our family, something's going to be we're disrupted to our to our marriage that we can't we choose then not to do it and then what we're choosing is to not practice selflessness being married is a practice of selflessness if you choose to yeah qualities of great marriages are that they choose to serve one another they practice selflessness so you've brought up a few times the concept of balance um, and what makes the cut so my perspective on balance is that you are never in balance yeah you never have balance right now we are away from our kids we're not working we're cutting a podcast on our weekend vacation yeah we're out of balance yeah we're not managing our finances we're not with friends we are not in worship and praise of God. We're sitting here together cutting a podcast. Yeah. At the micro level, or we are out of balance. Right. The key is to look at the macro level. In time spans and seasons of life, how do you achieve balance? Right. When do you focus on finances? When do you take weekend trips away? When do you do date nights? When do you have conversations about things? When do you have kid time? When do you work? It's about boundaries. It's about boundaries and limits. That when does work stop and when does family time begin? When do we worship God and praise God? And when, when are we moving on with other things in our life? It's about a macro view of balance. Because a lot of people can just feel like failures. Because it's like, I'm just I'm not a male. I'm never going to have this work-life balance thing. There's no such thing as that.
1: Yeah.
0: It you're, ebbs you, and flows never through different seasons. Exactly. And you've got to look longer term because you're trying to pack in all kinds of different demands of life yeah. or choices that you've made to put into your life. And some of us put too much in our lives and we have no margin and we're too stressed out and we're on the go all the time. And because our kids are in 900 different activities because we feel like we should do that or we feel guilty if they're not. And because, well, our friends do that with their kids. But yeah, but do you know what their home life is like? Well, you know what their marriage is like? Do they have no margin, no stress? One of them has a, has a heart condition because they have no margin and no life and they have no limits and boundaries in life. They have no rest. They don't have peace. Peace. But man, we're busy and we're accomplishing a lot of stuff. But to what end are we doing it? And I see a lot of people and work with a lot of people that make a series of decisions where they then have, they have no margin and they have no time in their life. And they don't have it, especially for their marriage.
1: So over the last episode in this one, we've talked about five different mindsets that are really difficult and they're hard practices and it requires a lot from us but what we want to do now is just talk about what are the benefits of having these mindsets and what are the benefits of doing the hard things the first one that we want to talk about is spiritual growth and growing closer to god especially when we're focused on surrendering to god and our faith and our trust in god Um, man, there are some amazing blessings that have come out of our choice to be obedient. And we've seen that in the lives of many of our friends as well. And I don't want anybody to discount that because it's such, it's such, um, I would say maybe even a non-tangible, but true benefit to, to that faith growth.
0: Yeah, totally. Another one is just the the practice of developing resilience. Um in that the the when we practice hard things, we become resilient people, more resilient people. Um and resilience is a is a skill. Resilience serves us so well. Resilience embodies the idea that you can do more, that you're capable of doing more that I'm not as resilient today is that I'm going to be in a year if I choose to practice hard things that I can become a more resilient person. So in the Bible in the book of James, you know, he opens it up with talking about counting trials as joy. You know, he's Jewish and he's speaking into Jewish culture that 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 Jewish people have for eons carried the idea that joy and lament can be carried at the same time. And this is another time where he is speaking very Jewish culture when he is saying and talking about counting your trials as pure joy. Because he goes on to talk about suffering and and trials and the resilience and character and faith that it develops and builds up into you, this is incredibly Jewish. What James is talking about, of course, this is James, the half brother of Jesus, another another Jew, um, born in Bethlehem in Israel, um, you know, raised and grew up in the Galilee. That these are Jewish brothers, and James carries this very Jewish idea. That, that pervades pervasive through Christianity, of course, because Christianity springs out of Israel and out of a Jewish culture, of that he carries the idea of that joy and lamentation can be held together. And that's where it's a, you know what, there can be joy that can be found in doing hard things. There can be joy that can be found um, in the hardest of things, and sometimes that joy is on the other side of the hard thing that you're going through but when we were able to do these mindset keys and practice these mindset keys and these ways of thinking that thinking then blossoms into decision making now my fruit is better as a result now my decisions are better as a result of practicing these mindset keys because as we've talked about all along it's the, it's about the power and the health of our thinking that matters just so much to us.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to become less selfish as a person. You're going to be a better servant to other people. One of the benefits that I have just loved seeing is the kids. Both our biological children have learned and they've grown and they've matured in ways that they wouldn't have if we hadn't done this and it's really a beautiful thing to see but then also with our foster kids and for us the you know that we've now adopted them we are just starting to see the healing and the security and the love that they are feeling and man there's that's such a beautiful thing to see too
0: I know and I remember I think it was we were walking um, in the cul-de-sac of our old neighborhood when we had that conversation that was about, you know, if it's, if not us, who we could have said no. Uh, and I'm so glad that we didn't for all of these reasons and benefits that we're listing out. Because had we said no, we wouldn't have, we would have none of these benefits and blessings in our life today. Yeah. How we would have robbed ourselves um, of, of these benefits. And it just is like, man. There's joy and happiness in that on the other side of lament and trial and hardship because it's looking at where are we now and praise God that there's, there's some joy and some happiness in them.
1: Yeah. I mean, getting through those hard things and, and realizing, wow, we, we can do this and we did this and, and look how much better we are for it. There's such joy in that.
0: And then one of, the, one of the last benefits we have here is, is just it's being proud of yourself. This isn't in a prideful, egotistical way. I mean, pride springs out of insecurity. Um, being proud of yourself um, comes out of feeling worthy, feeling value, looking at yourself and being like, you know what, we've done something hard. We're doing something difficult. Um, and we're proud of ourselves. We're doing so. This isn't a boasting, egotistical, everyone look at us and let's proclaim this to the world. But when you're walking through a fostering marriage and fostering kids, you're doing something difficult. Uh, marriage for many people can be one of the hardest things that they've ever done. And you're doing something hard, you're doing something difficult, and I think it's good to have expectations that it is, it can be hard and it can be difficult. And when you're doing this, it's another reason that you can look at yourself and be like, you know what? This hasn't gone perfect. I have failed 100,000 times. I've messed up. There's things I regret. There's things I'd do differently. But then you know what? I look at all the other stuff and you can find like, wow, I'm actually, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of us for what we've done and what we've chosen and where we're at today. And then you can also be proud of one another. Being proud of your spouse for their growth and their tenacity and resilience and willingness to be like you know what we're not going to fold in we're not going to cave in you know you were be able to talk to amanda and say you know what no we don't need to disrupt the placement you know we're going to get through it i just i've got to talk to you and i've got to share all this and i've got to get advice because this is really really stinking hard We need
1: advice we need solutions but this isn't a we need to disrupt
0: it we're going to do it yeah. And being able to be proud each, proud of each other and the, you know, that you didn't go to a place of like, Joel, we can't do it. This is too hard. This is too yeah. difficult. Well, shoot, now we've got to manage that. Yeah. And we've got to manage through that situation and, and that not become this enormous wedge between the two of us. Yeah. And that we can be proud of each other because you've actually pressed through and practiced doing really hard things. And then the last one is, why don't you speak to this one is um, is also being proud of the kids?
1: Yeah, it's it it really is it's, it makes me happy to even think about it and talk about it. It's just how much growth I've seen in all four of them. you know, um, It's just the maturity and the healing. and you know, even even things like teaching, Our older daughter that it's okay to set boundaries that's not mean you know because for her that was such a hard thing she felt like if i'm setting a boundary i'm being mean and she's gonna need to know how to set boundaries in her life and she's gonna have to learn to be okay with that and so for her to experience that and and for you know just i don't know there's i could go on for a while but you'll see that growth in both your biological kids and your foster kids of growth and healing and maturity. And it's just such a great thing to see.
0: Totally. So what does it look like when you or your spouse is struggling with one or more of these? So let's say, you know, that a couple's in a place where, man, it's like, I feel like, you know, let's just say this, one of the spouses is doing pretty well with some of these and the other one is struggling like crazy. Or isn't on the same page of being like, of you believe we do need to practice greater selflessness, but your spouse is nowhere near that. It's like, what do you do with that? How do you handle that?
1: So this is something that that we talked about as we started doing this, this episode and, and putting together what we wanted to talk about. And it's such a massive topic on how do you get on the same page and so right now we want to reference you back to our episode number four parenting on the same page we give you so many tools there on how to communicate uh, so that you guys can be on the same page
0: yeah i think you'll go back and listen in, in the context of trying to have a shared mindset that we cover there so don't let the title throw you that it's parenting from the same page Because we parent from the same page because we know how to communicate really well with each other. Having a shared mindset is the same, that we've got to practice a lot of the things that we covered in that episode, and hopefully that will help you a whole bunch. So again, go back and listen to episode four on that.
1: Like we said last month, your best decisions come from your best thinking, and the more you practice, the more blessings that you and your family will experience.
0: So if you've enjoyed this series on diving into mindset development, a compliment to this two-part series is Understanding Personality Styles, Episodes 5 and 6. So as always, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Rate and review it where you listen. It helps other fostering marriages find it. It also gives us good feedback as well. And as always, follow us on Facebook at Fostering Marriage. We hope this has been helpful for you. Join us on the next episode of the Fostering Marriage Podcast.